Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. It's a beautiful day in this liberty hood. A beautiful day for a candidate. Would he be mine? Could he be mine? Podcast. Here is your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Clare. What's up, my Liberty Lumpkins? You have found yourself back here once again at the Lions of Liberty Podcast, your home for great conversations about the ideas of liberty. And yes, we are going to have a very, very fun one today in this, the 226th episode of this program, which means you can find the show notes for today's show featuring links to just about everything we discuss over at lionsofliberty.com slash 226. Today's episode is sponsored by our good friends at libertymaniacs.com, your home for all sorts of killer, kick-ass Liberty gear, t-shirts, mugs, bumper stickers, you name it, they got it. You can get a 10% discount on your entire order by using the discount code Lions of Liberty. That's all one word. Head over to LibertyManiacs.com. All right, and as you guys might have been indicated by the cold open of this program, this is indeed another edition of our new regular or semi-regular, depending on your definition of these terms, look at the Gary Johnson campaign. And to do so, I have brought in our regular Gary Johnson, what would you call yourself, watchdog? I like watchdog, the phrase, uh, I'm trying to think of a better one, um, a Gary Goggler. Gary Goggler. Are you a resident Gary Goggler? Watching. I'm watching the Gary. You are, of course, listening to the voice of Mr. Brian McWilliams. Hello, I'm back again for your listening pleasure. For those people that might be new to this program, why don't you uh, talk about your, your Liberty creds for a minute? Who are you? What are you doing here? Why do you have interest in the political campaign of Mr. Gary Johnson? Well, as you well know, I have been one of the founding fathers of the Lions of Liberty, one of the original pride, you could say. And as such, I've had various duties in the libertarian world. Of course, this obviously writing on our website, but more recently uh, involved with the podcast, the Rand Pluses and Minuses podcast with yours, uh, yours truly, mine uh, truly, someone truly, truly. someone's truly, the lovely truly. Don't call me truly. (laughs) And in that way, we we broke down with pluses or minuses the actions of Rand Paul, how accurate he was in basically explaining the ideals of liberty, how much he stuck to the ideals. And in turn, we're now looking at Gary Johnson with a new show. This is the second episode that we're calling Mr. Johnson's Libertyhood. That's right, Mr. Johnson's Libertyhood. Of course, a take on a show that was near and dear to the hearts of many of our generation, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. It's actually not a take in any way other than the title and us stealing some of the theme music. But uh, we are excited to be undertaking this adventure. This is the second episode, as you mentioned. The first one was episode 220 of this podcast. So you can go back, click back in your iTunes feed, or you can also find it at lionsofliberty.com slash podcast. Or by the time you listen to this, you'll also be able to find the full Mr. Johnson's Liberty Hood archives at 
lionsofliberty.com forward slash Gary. All right. So we will house the programs there for you to easily go back and listen anytime you want just by typing in lionsofliberty.com slash Gary. And before we get into things, why don't we just briefly explain our grading system? You know, with, with Rand Paul, we had the plus or minus for his good and bad liberty merits. And for Gary Johnson, what do we give him if he does something good? Well, you know, we really had to make it far more sophisticated for an actual presidential candidate. So we're going to go with Johnson. That's right. He gets a Johnson when he does something good for liberty. And when he does something we see as negative for liberty, he gets a Johnson. All right. Well, that seems pretty straightforward. So without further ado, why don't we move into our first item of the day? All right. Well, let's do it. So the first one, let's go through this. There's going to be a lot, by the way. So So, let's hit them hard and fast. Get ready. All right. So the first one, we talked about the TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, which we know Bill Weld was a fan of, and we gave him a Johnson off last time for that. But, you know, it wasn't out there that Gary necessarily supported it. Well, that's all changed, people, because... It recently came out, and I say recently, it was two weeks ago, that Gary Johnson has changed his viewpoint what, on the What TPP. was his original? Because he originally had a pretty good statement about it. What was that? You know, I, I can't really word for word the original statement, but I mean, it, essentially, he's he's a guy that is against crony capitalism, and I believe that was part of it is that crony capitalism is such a big part of this bill. But now he's basically said that he's not. If only it was a bill. bill. It's like a ten thousand page 10, treaty page. that's being act- treated yeah. like not like a bill. Rewritable document. And he said that it, quote unquote, promotes free trade and that it was, quote unquote, not perfect, but that, you know, it still helps free trade. And even though he himself wouldn't do it in his presidency because he would just have open free trade, he's not against it because it still promotes free trade. Okay. So it's a lot of uh, whinging and wheezing. And obviously he was, maybe Bill Weld uh, tackled him in the back parking lot and beat beat it into him. I don't know what he happened. He said, I'm going to turn your face as red as mine unless you support the TPP. <laughs> Put your face in the freezer. Put your face in the freezer. That's a joke from the last episode. So if you haven't heard it, lionsliberty.com slash Gary, you can go listen. There you go. So, I mean, what else is there to say? He flip-flopped on this issue to come around to a viewpoint for an, a document that is purely crony capitalist, that is a abomination, a 10,000 page abomination that can be rewritten at any time. I'm sorry, but that is a clear chance off. All right, yeah, and I, I'm just going to go ahead and agree because, uh, you know, he he comes out against it and says it's a crony capitalist document or agreement, and then suddenly when we get Mr. Weld uh, in his ear a little bit, suddenly he changes his tune. So uh, no disagreement on the Johnsoff. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, shame on you, Gary. So shame, let's, shame, let's shame. move on to another one. And this was something that I, I'll say Reason, Reason Magazine's uh, head editor, he, you know, Nick Gillespie, he said. Oh, that, he had a he had a liberty gasm oh, over this thing. Oh, he had a liberty gasm. He had a tent in his pants over the Gary Johnson, Bill Weld ad that went out, which, by the way, was two damn minutes, which is pretty long. Too long, in my opinion. But he said it was maybe the best to the liber- or not only li- not just libertarian commercial, maybe the best political commercial I think ever. And he literally called it the greatest political or the greatest presidential ad ever. And th- technically, his title was "Is this the best presidential ad ever?" But you know, he seems excited about it. Let's yeah, it when, you're, when you're posing the question, it's clear what your opinion is. <laughs> right. It's like if I like ask my fiance, "So is this the biggest penis you've ever seen?" Clearly, I want her to say yes. It, it is, is right. Right. There's, there's no There's no negative answer that'll be accepted. So that he threw that out there. And I'll I'll say, I watched it. Mark, did you watch it? 
I did watch it. Okay, well, that's good. No, we're on a good start. I, I actually have an interesting tale about this real quick that I'll just insert here. I was actually uh, out in St. Louis visiting my sister and my brother-in-law. And my sister is a, a lifelong Democrat, I guess you would say, progressive. She's very involved in the Democratic Party locally in, in St. Louis. So she's obviously not someone I would consider a target for libertarianism. She kind of blows me off as not knowing what I'm talking about. And it's all well and good. I generally just try to avoid politics with her at this point. But, uh, you know, she did mention, oh, I, I saw the, the libertarian presidential ad. So I'm like, oh, interesting. This should, this should be interesting. And she, and she actually said, you know what? It wasn't too bad. I kind of liked it. It was a lot better than my expectations. Because to her, libertarians are me. They're her idiot younger brother who doesn't know what he's talking about. But, you know, when you get two governors up there that present themselves in a way that is, I guess, sort of appealing to, you know, the left or Democrats, or it has at least a few key phrases in there that they like, yeah, it elicit a, a little bit of a, a positive response. Now, she's not going to run out and vote for Gary Johnson, so I don't know how much that matters, but it's in- and it's interesting to note. Yeah, it is. I, I felt by watching the ad, which we'll, we'll link to the ad, and we'll play a little snippet uh, a little bit, but I thought it more appealed to the GOP side personally than the liberty side, or the, or the liberal side, but they did address the fact that they, you know, they balanced the budget, they cut the size of government down, they talked talked about the fact that they were both long-term governors. So they hit a lot of really good points. I will and then, say and then they also got in the liberal talking points of, you know, marriage equality and uh, pro-choice. So they, they, they did a good job, I guess, of portraying what they are trying to portray, which is that they are the good parts of Republicans and the good parts of Democrats, and right. they're them all merged together. Well, it's like Bill Weld loves to say, and I gotta get the government out of the boardroom and out of the bedroom. All right. I mean... You know, as far as simplifying libertarianism for the general public, I like that better than fiscally conservative and socially liberal, I guess. You yeah, know? I, I agree. It's, it's at least a little more specific in a way. It's kind of saying, I don't care about your personal life, and we don't want to like needlessly spend your money. So, uh, you know, that's not really libertarianism per se, but it's... It's it doesn't I don't hate it as much as I hate a lot of the other ways they portray things. Let's put it that way. Right. And your point that being and we're not the audience this is for. It's not Gary Johnson trying to win over libertarians. Obviously, it's him winning over the people. That being said. So, you know, what? okay. just in general, I'll give them a Johnson. All right. I won't really disagree with that for what it is. Like, like I said, it's supposed to reach people like my sister, sort of like the general public, not people that are libertarians like us. So fair enough. Well, there is a but, though. Oh, okay. But I also thought that they uh, they came across to me as pretty annoying with their kind of back and forth they had going. You know, if you watch the ad... and w- oh, why, why don't we take a listen to a little snippet yeah, now so we can see what, what it is you're talking about here with what, the parts you found annoying. Roll clip. I'm Governor Gary Johnson. I'm Governor Bill Weld. I'm running for president. I'm running with him. I'm sorry, I can't even get five, five seconds into this thing. I just, it's ridiculous. I'm running with him. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'm with stupid. I just, I mean, not to say that Gary comes across as stupid necessarily. His voice is a little dumb, but it just, cause it's just so like bumpkiny cheesy. We're two I, I buds mean, just hanging out. It's everything that we say that they are, that they're becoming a parody of themselves where we, we always joke about how the fact that Bill Weld just like up, is going to appear from behind him, like that scene in Step Brothers. <laughs> and he basically did that in commercial form. It's, it's ridiculous. Literally. Yeah. Gary Johnson talks for about 30 seconds. Then Bill Weld's just like, you, I'm running with him. <laughs> right. Hello. So did I. Well, okay. So- and now, and now another horrible clip. What is this like new age porn music that they're playing on this thing, by the way? <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of wonderful in a way. I feel like I'm about to be inspired. You know, we, it's, true, the, it's true that we were sitting here bobbing our heads to it. So I know. I it's, you know it's, it's intro music for Tony Robbins, I think. All right. All right. Back to the clip. 
As the governor of New Mexico, I vetoed wasteful spending 750 times, cut taxes 14 times, and left the state with new highways, bridges, schools, hospitals, and a billion-dollar surplus without raising taxes a penny. As governor of Massachusetts, I cut taxes 21 times and took unemployment from the highest rate among the 11 industrialized states to the lowest. And he did that in his first term. It was easy. It was easy. <laughs> God, these cornballs. So huh? corny. By the way, it's going to be fantastic when later on Gary Johnson's going to be like, Bill Welp took over my presidency. He's going to be like, it was easy. Yeah. All I had to do was become his vice president and, uh, you know, slip him a little hemlock and poison him and I took over. <laughs> it was easy. It was easy. I can't wait to say it was easy every day. It's going to be like that Staples thing. That was easy button. I'm running with him. Staples, Bill Weld's your man. Red face Bill Weld. All right, we don't need to listen to the rest of that ad. You guys get the gist. It's like, they're good. It's They're touting, like, their record, which is, you know, that's fine. Uh, but, man, it's just, they're just so corny, these two. These yeah. two need to get a room. And, you know what, hopefully the corniness plays well. Maybe it'll take on a viral sensation of its own where people will be like, you got to watch these two goobers. But, you know what, look, whatever. Uh, we gave him a Johnson for it. It's a good commercial overall. We're just, we're, we're nitpicking, but, I mean, look, it's... So no John's often related to this. We'll, no we'll, John's we'll let him we'll let him slide. Yeah, they're sliding. All right, moving along. What's our next item? All right, the next one coming up. Now, of course, this is a big thing, especially for us libertarians. Hillary Clinton and her emails. Now, well, the FBI director just told me that it's all good. She didn't mean to do anything, so it's fine. Oh, he did. All right, well, never mind. We'll move. Although on. he Cross also did, he said that after listing ten things that she did that were illegal. So I don't know. I don't know what to believe anymore. <laughs> It's like your mom was soft. She's like, you're this and you're this and you're selfish. But you know what? I still love you. It was easy. It was easy. Hillary Clinton. It was easy. It was easy. Actually, it's more like Bill Clinton after talking to Loretta Lynch. How'd you get her off, Bill? (laughs) It was easy. All right. Anyway, well, Clinton's email. I don't don't want to think about what favors Bill Clinton performed for Loretta Lynch. to. How do we know he was performing anything? Might have been her performing. Who knows? He is a sexy, sexy man, even at 87 and full of emphysema or whatever he has. Is he 87? I'm making that up. Who knows? Anyway. But no, so Clinton's email scandal. As we all know, she's not going to be indicted. James Comey said she didn't do anything wrong. Okay, fine and good. We know that she did. We know that people have been prosecuted for far less, including people in the military that one guy took a selfie of himself and a radar screen was in the back of the picture and he got prosecuted. There was no intent there, was there? I no thought that's intent. all that mattered. No. Far less intent than setting up an email server that's private, deleting hundreds and thousands of emails, and burning your Secretary of State schedules. I would say that's more of an intent. And look, I'm not going to come out and say Hillary Clinton deserves to be imprisoned for this, but... You know, it's it's the problem with the, the two-tier justice system in this country. So many people like at private level have been jailed for so much less because they happen to walk out of a base with something by accident. I mean, intent has never had anything to do with this. No, it's a zero tolerance policy. Right. Zero tolerance. Suddenly when it's Hillary Clinton, well, we can tolerate it. You know, she didn't yeah, mean to there's she didn't about mean 100% to... <laughs> range of tolerance, I'd say for Hillary Clinton. It's an outrage, but anyway, moving along. So how does this tie into our good friends Johnson and Weld? Well, I'll tell you because Gary Johnson. I think I accidentally merged their names right there, but that's right. That's Gary probably what Weld, they. Yeah. That's what they want. The Johnson Welds. You listed the ticket. So yeah, Gary Johnson, when asked about this, as he always says, by the way, said that he did. Well, you know, I I, I don't like to throw rocks. Uh, just every goddamn Favorite interview phrase. makes you want to hit him in the head. So. I don't like to throw rocks, but he says, you know, I don't think Hillary Clinton's... uh, I prefer to throw pine cones. (laughs) I don't think her actions were criminal. They weren't criminal actions, and, you know, it's fine. So that was basically his take. And that made me think that he's going into the land of liberty make-believe. All right, Charlie. 
neighborhood of make-believe. Ah, the old land of liberty, make-believe, my favorite. So what do we got here? Well, you know, this is even more so in the land of liberty, make-believe than normal because Gary Johnson is coming out and saying that she didn't do anything wrong and it's fine. Meanwhile, uh, he's running for the Libertarian Party. Uh, did you know that? Well, he already ran. Now, I, I, I thought he was running the Johnson Weld campaign. That's a separate entity from the Libertarian Party. That's it's, it seems like it at times. Said. Yeah, because because uh, Nicholas Sarwark, uh, the chair of the Libertarian Libertarian National Committee, past guest on this program, which we'll link to in the show notes. That's that, that right. Interview. I was going to say it, but I wasn't exactly positive at the time, so I didn't. I'm glad you did. All right. Yeah, great guy. <laughs> so Nicholas came out and said, this is a serious miscarriage of justice. Uh, one key criteria for laws to be just is that they must be applied equally to all. And as we said earlier, it has not been applied equally if we're looking at Hillary Clinton and everything she's done, as opposed to the private level people and others that have been prosecuted far more stringently. Now, I also, I'm getting a little bit ahead because we're going to talk That's a, a Sarwark... Plus, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but good on you, Nick. Sarwark and roll. There we go. Does that work? Eh, it does matter. So I will talk about Bill Weld here, even though we're going to get more into him later. So a little bit of an early mind weld here. Bill Weld especially drove me insane when talking about this. Because Bill Weld came out and he said that not only was Hillary's you know, right to not be indicted, he said that no prosecutor would have taken this to court, never mind how many hundreds of people have already been prosecuted, and put into jail for minor infractions where there's zero tolerance. But he not only said that, he also said that Comey did a good job. <sighs> yeah. Un-goddamn believable. So, uh, that being said, it's a John's off! Yeah, I'd say that's a very clear John's off. I'm surprised he didn't say, she's a wonderful public servant, like he did at the CNN town hall, which, of course, we already talked about. Well, we didn't. I wasn't there. But you guys already covered in great detail on our roundtable about the Gary Johnson and Well Town Hall, which you can find in episode 222 of this program. So you can find that at lionsofliberty.com slash 222. We'll also link to it, of course, in today's show notes at lionsofliberty.com slash 226. Now that I got that business out of the way, what's next? Well, let's talk about a very current topic as of the recording of this. There have been a lot of shootings lately. There have been several, what looked to me to be innocent civilians. It's been a tough week. It's been a tough week. There have been a couple of police on civilian killings. Specifically, these are two black men. One is Alton Sterling in Minnesota. The other one is Philandro Castile. And basically- Both of whom were armed, which I find interesting. Both of whom were armed and both of whom had concealed carry permits. And in both cases, so there's a gun present. Let's just say that. So there's, in in the case of the Minnesota guy, he had a gun. He told the cop, I have a gun. He goes, to, but he also had a permit. So he told him ahead of time, which is what you're supposed to do. If there is a gun in your car, you are supposed to inform the police officer. He informed him. He reached for his wallet. Which really, I don't even, I don't even like that. Why should you have, it's a legal right to carry a gun. Why do you have to tell an officer you have a gun? I agree. Anyway, well, to, it, to it, not now, get shot. Well, right. I guess so. That didn't really work out. I mean, I, I get why it would make sense to, uh, because if you say no, and then they see one, now they think something weird is going on and might be on edge. But obviously, even telling him, in this case, didn't help at all. Right. And it's, to say, why would he tell him he has a gun if he's going to go reach for the gun? It's just, it, nothing about it makes sense. So he reaches for his wallet, the literally shoots him and you can see him dying it's it's a horrible horrible video to watch the the other case 
This guy, he also had a permit for his gun. The cops didn't, he didn't tell the cops he had a gun. They were called for a reason because he was apparently being belligerent to people or told a homeless man he had a gun or showed him a gun is what they were saying. But the cops come in, they tackle him to the ground. And in the video, you can see him being on the ground. He's held down with two police, literally on his back, two police on top of him. And they, all you hear them say, he's got a gun. The cop then puts his gun yeah. to the chest of the man and shoots him at least four or five times point blank. Just awful to watch. Then you see Don't them pull it. the gun out of his pocket. Out yeah. of his pocket. So, so as to say, oh, see, he had a gun. Whoops, it was here all the time. It was it was just hidden in a pocket he couldn't reach because his arms were pinned down. They're, they're atrocious. They're shocking. So in regards to that, th- those two things happened. Okay, those are and, and to be clear, there are, I have no problem with anyone, including a police officer, killing someone in self-defense if they need to do that. I am all for everyone's right to do that. Self-defense is not when you are pinning someone's arms down. I just, I don't see how that is possible. You've pinned him down, so now you can proceed to cuff him or do whatever you need to do. Murdering him at that point, well, it's murder. It's not self-defense anymore because those are different things. It's murder. And you know who agrees with you? Gary Johnson. All right! Yeah, Gary Gary. Johnson came and he said Alton's murder. He said, literally, he said it is murder at that point. So for that, Gary, very bold statement. One of the few very bold statements I think I can remember him making. Johnson on. Yeah, and it it is a bold statement to uh, make as a presidential candidate to basically uh, declare a verdict in a a controversial issue. So I give him credit for, you know, not not checking the polls or, you know, talking to Bill Weld for 10 minutes about it before making a statement. Well, we know he's not going to get a lot of endorsements or checks from the policeman's union. That that I will say with fairly strong authority. Most likely not. Yeah. So now in response to that. He, you know, as a response in general, there was a psychopath that went out and shot five police officers in Dallas at a rally as a quote well, shot like 11, killed five, killed five, shot 11 as a response. That's what I'm here for. Fact checking. Thank you. Now, you know, we don't need to necessarily go into that. It, it's a horrible response. It makes no sense. All it's going to do is cause police to react is violently it a response and or be is more it, suspicious. Or is it someone that already had a political you know, agenda for violence and this was maybe, okay, this is a good time to do excuse. it. It might be. You might be right. It might be. Who knows what's in the the hearts and souls of of terrible people? But the Black Lives Matter people that are saying, yeah, good job. Like, there's some people on Twitter that are like high in the Black Lives Matter movement that are saying, great job. It's like, no, are you people insane? It's disturbing that the amount of praise that this act has gotten. Yeah, by some people. It's shocking. Murder is murder. It, killing, they're still innocent people. You're killing innocent people. That's murder. Just like the black people who were killed, these people are saying it's a great thing to kill these white cops over. No, murder is murder. There's no justification for that morally. Could you imagine if Donald Trump came out and like praised a white guy that shot five black cops? I mean, can you imagine this world uh, and the response five, that there would Or five Muslims. Anything, yeah. Comes. Any one race <laughs> on another race and someone saying, anyone praising it. I mean, it's all absurd. Right, and this is a political movement that people think is a good thing. No, I'm, I'm sorry. It's uh, There's there's good, not to say not to say everything back lives better is bad, but there's certain aspects of it, and this is obviously one of them, and this, you know, I mean. Well, it, I mean, there's some legitimacy, oh, excuse me, there's some legitimacy to the movement in the sense that if they're, you know, even if the murder rates aren't that different, there's actually more whites killed by police last year than there were blacks. Uh, statistically, but it's it's not there's not there's truth to the fact that many poor black communities are held down. They are treated as basically revenue generation. The poorest people are the ones targeted for revenue generation, and it affects their communities in by such far. a way that that it amplifies a murder like this because they're already being suppressed so much. So then when 
you know, a murder is not just the thing that happened randomly to them. It's the culmination of a lifetime of harassment. So it's, well, it has a different context. This is, we're going off a tangent as we always do on this do. show. What we but do. the Black Lives Matter, I agree with you there because we're obviously huge proponents of justice reform here. Now, the Black Lives Matter movement, they focus on obviously the killing Black Lives Matter. But as you said, there is a vastly larger issue here, which is the application of laws and justice and the over-policing of these communities and the incarceration rates in these communities that is the bigger issue. Now, watch me bring this all back around to Gary Johnson, somehow, some way. And here's what Gary Johnson had to say about the reaction in the Dallas shooting. What was the cause, Mark? Well, he, he had a pretty good statement. This is his quote. He said, the root is the war on drugs, I believe. Police knocking down doors, shooting first. If you are black and arrested in a drug-related crime, there is four times more likelihood of going to prison than if you are white. And shooting is part of the same phenomenon. Although, statistically, it's not. But no. it's it's all part of the same issue. So it's, it is a positive statement. I mean, how often, it, I mean, in recent times, it's becoming a little more popular to maybe say something that, you know, marijuana is not that bad. You know, maybe Hillary Clinton might say, oh, I might be open to some states legalizing. You know, that's taken years to get these people to that position. But for Johnson to come right out and, and talk about the injustice of the war on drugs overall, I mean, I think that's terrific. And I'm going to go ahead and give him a Johnson. <laughs> And I don't imagine I'll be receiving any resistance from you on the Johnson on that one. No, not on that topic, buddy. You nailed it. That was a good Johnson, too. I like it. Good job, Gary. If you were in this room, I would give you a little pat on the head right now. A little fist bump, Obama style. Mm -hmm. So this also ties in well with the next topic, which Gary Johnson and Bill Weld sat down with the Washington Post. Bill Weld used their freezer, stuck his face right in there. And because uh, he does that when he comes to your sitting house. behind Gary and his sitting behind Gary, they do that. So, but they, they, I say Gary Johnson, he pissed me off in the past about his answer on drugs, where he would be, he'd be pushed on a little bit. Do you want to legalize everything or just marijuana? And he'd say, you know, no, I don't want to legalize all the drugs. I just want to legalize marijuana. Now, in the Washington Post interview, and, he, and that seems to have shifted with Weld because when Weld, after Weld came on, they specifically have on the can or they had specifically said our campaign is not specifically advocating the legalization of anything besides marijuana. Right now, in this interview, though, I, I was actually a little bit impressed, and basically they pushed him on not just legalization of marijuana, which we know he wants, but on the issue of opiate addiction in America. And he said, you know, so do you want to uh, do you agree with less Oxycontin flooding the market? Now, Weld, of course, said, oh, that's a good idea. You know, it's, what is it's that easy. even what is that political proposition? Less Oxycontin flooding well, I, the market. They're going to the restrict thing. it more. Like, what does that mean? Well, I, and it's, I don't, it's, I don't it's subscribed like up the wazoo right now. That, so, well, yeah, to answer that, the uh, you know, whoever governs it, not the FDA, but so maybe the FDA, they, they said, you know, there's got to be stricter reasons to prescribe stuff. But at the same reason, it means nothing because they're, they're guidelines, abused. they're recommendations, though. They're not actual laws. Right. It's just guidelines, so it means nothing. It's just all talk. It's just They're hype. saying doctors should use stricter standards for giving OxyContin. Precisely. Okay. So now Bill Weld said that's a good idea, which fine. Okay, we want to limit the number of people getting prescribed opiates. Fine. But Johnson said— I don't and think I like it's this. fine. <laughs> well— <laughs> Fine in the sense that we're not going to harp on it for too long, but I, you know, but, well, without here, getting into the medical cartels and the fact that we shouldn't be restricted. We shouldn't need a doctor's permission to get you know normal and things that we need. But go Well, on. agreed with that. So Johnson, though, he said, OK, the reality is, though, that you end up depriving some people of the real need to relieve their pain. So they have to go out into the black market. It ends up criminalizing a lot of activity. I wish there were alternatives to opioids, which marijuana does fill that role. Uh, parentheses, buy stock in my company for marijuana. Right. 
And one has to wonder if Gary Johnson is going to be as opposed to crony capitalism when it comes to uh, his marijuana business in, the, in a year or two when he's, you know, when it's legalized and he's not the president because, let's be honest, that's not happening. Um, so that'll be fun to watch. Maybe we'll do a bonus uh, Mr. Johnson's Liberty Hood after this whole campaign is over. Yeah, we'll see if he does head over heels for crony capitalism like in Ohio. Wasn't it Ohio where they wanted to only have, the people pushing the bill through only wanted certain people approved to have marijuana? So they Well, it was like one, it was like, the industry. it was going to be like literally one company that would be allowed to you know produce marijuana for you know for sale well that's fair yeah of course <laughs> so no no here's now here's where this gets interesting on the back on the heroin topic because they said oh you know legalize heroin so you're so you're for legalizing it says well not really but people misunderstand what that is and what i'm saying he wants a harm reduction strategy and here's what he advocates which i thought was pretty interesting he says what they what we should do is have clinics that open up that would test heroin for anybody that came in with their dose of heroin. Tell me what the quantity and consistency of this is. And he says that guaranteed the death rates to heroin overdose would go down because people would actually know what they're getting. Now, that's a pretty bold thing to say in America, at least. Mm-hmm. And But I think it's, I mean, granted, I'm not necessarily for the government doing this. Communities should do this sure, and legalize but, it. Yeah, right now, you, a community couldn't even do that because they'd be participating in this illegal activity. Precisely. They'd be harboring they would, known they criminals. They would possess the heroin for <laughs> right. that moment that they're testing it, and that would be illegal. Yeah, exactly. So it's pretty amazing he came out and said that. So for that... I say, well, you know, I won't say it yet because he also cites Zurich, Zurich, which is re their program. They provide free heroin to people that come in and register to reduce death, reduce crime and corruption, clean needles, yada, yada. So he mentions that as well, which is great. So for that, Johnson on. Yeah, and I, I will, too, will give him a Johnson for that because, you know, he's he's definitely talking about drugs in a so much more reasonable way than Either of the presidential candidates we have in Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump. So, I mean, definite Johnson. Yeah. Now, we'll move on to health care, which is another issue I've had some issues with Gary Johnson before. But, again, this one also has a little bit of good, a little bit of bad. So when he's questioned on health care, they're talking about, you know, Johnson goes into reducing the amount of health care expenditures for Medicaid from other, to re, basically redrawing the lines of who's eligible, who's not. Now, he said, though, that he views this as something that should come back and be on a state level, on a community level. However, and the Washington Post rightly points out, that's still going to be something that the government runs. It's still going to be something that's taxed. And, you know, they said <laughs> uh, if, stay, if the local communities or states are paying for it, government spending hasn't gone down. Just government or federal spending has gone down. And Johnson said that, yeah, yeah, okay, you kind of got me on there. (laughs) So I thought that was kind of funny. However, then he did go on to say that the uh, median Social Security retirement age should go up to 70, which, by the way, the average uh, lifespan for an American is 76. So enjoy that six years of retirement on money that's not going to be there anymore. Oh, the funny thing is, I mean, when they first came out with Social Security and set those ages, like most people didn't even live to them. And that was why it was like, oh, we're going to, this is going to be fine. Biggest Ponzi scheme ever. (laughs) It's going to be great. Everyone's going to be dead and we're going to have all the money. But then people started living longer. Like, oh, we never thought about that. Right. So now we just keep extending. It's going to be 105. We're all going to die. It's just, it's so, so ridiculous. So he, he said that. He did say that he would not get rid of Medicaid, which... Mark pointed out, and I agree with, you have to ease into that. You can't just rip it out from people right away. Yeah, I mean, I'm against the theory of coercively taxing a whole country to uh, support the medical needs of uh, you know another side of the country, but that's in a, a theoretical free society. But we don't live in that society. We live in a society where we have a medical cartel. They have cartelized the medical industry. Uh, medical access is, is very restricted. And, you know, we don't have a kind of system where poor people can get access to health care. And, you know, there is some, there is some justice in the fact that 
the federal government and many of the people that support the AMA, uh, the, the cartelization of the drug industry, the FDA, the whole shebang, you know, there are there is some responsibility to support the people that you have basically impoverished. So it's a complicated issue, but I would not support the ending of Medicaid overnight until you've ended the regulatory environment that causes so many people to not be able to access health care. Right. When you can go down the street to a doctor for $50 and get a checkup and not get completely reamed over drug costs sure. and everything else. Yeah, I agree. So, no, but here, here's what Dunson also said. He also goes into saying that he believes in a free market approach to healthcare, just like we all think is a great idea. And this is the first time I've really heard him talk about this from this position, which is kind of Rand Paulian and Ron Paulian. And he's saying that it's going, you know, it's going to cost one fifth of the cost right now. It would be cash and carry pay as you go. You'd have catastrophic insurance only, which we both think is the only insurance you should have. But he'd say, there's stitches on us, there's gallbladders on us, and x-rays on us. There'd be advertised pricing, advertised outcomes, and you'd know exactly what the bill is going to be. Like, for example, I'll give you a story from my own life. I had back surgery about six months ago. Now, going in, I knew some rough costs, but really, I didn't know much of anything. I can tell I started getting the bills out, and it came to a pretty damn large sum, and I was only paying 10% of what the bills were. But I didn't know. I kept getting bill after bill after bill. I don't know. I went to the emergency room the other day for a horrible reason I won't share. My dog <laughs> bit me in the balls. Oh, that's a true story for another time. It is. And uh, I got the bill for that. You know, it's, and fortunately, I have insurance, but it would have been in many thousands of dollars. But I had no idea what it would be before I got it. So I like that. Get those prices if out. If only you had a health sharing plan, which you can find out more about at lionsofliberty.com slash health. There you go. Lionsofliberty.com slash health. And anyway, the, the long story short, he actually said he, he's for the pay as you go and you know, bringing the cost down and getting rid of the insurance cartels, as Mark was talking about, and just having catastrophic insurance. Well, maybe he's hard. been listening to his Lions of Liberty, you know, in, in preparation for maybe coming back on the show. Yeah, he listened coming back on. When's <laughs> he ever been on? He's never been on the show. That son of a bitch. Okay. Um, so, you know, for that, I give him a Johnson. <laughs> All right, another Johnson. So Gary's having a better week than he had the first week. He got roughed up a little bit in there. I mean, he had a decent week last week. I think it was about about split at the end he of the came day. Out, he came out one behind. But you know what? His Achilles heel, as always, with the Johnson, Johnson, uh, very sophisticated numbering system, is that Bill Weld brings the man down. That's correct, because we, uh, you know, Gary Johnson, as we mentioned in the first episode, he pushed for Bill Weld. He literally begged for Bill Weld, and therefore we're going to count Weldian statements against or for him. If but it's been against or Weldian statements or Weldian. That's right. Yeah. Now and by the way, he beat out Bill Weld was uh, chosen over Larry Sharp, who was just a podcast guest. Lionsofliberty.com slash two twenty five is where you can find my excellent interview. If I do say myself. And not because of me, although, you know, I, I like myself. I'm a decent interview, I like to think. But Larry Sharp is just a spectacular man to interview. So check that out if you haven't. Larry Sharp, great guy. I, I, I don't know that. what. I, I just listened to it, and it was a, it's a great interview. Really check it out. Inspiring I person. Uh, my God, if only Larry Sharp had been the VP. My God. Hopefully he uh, he can get the uh, he's going to run for New York. Was it Senate? He's running. He's for planning to run for governor, not officially announced, not, but he's planning yet. to run for the governor. Two thousand eighteen. You got it. Yeah, bingo. So anyway, Bill Weld. So let's just take a moment and we'll wrap the show up by going into the mind weld. <laughs> 
I'll give a little props to our man, Justin Gleason, listener of this program, for recommending that clip for the Mind Weld. And you can make recommendations for this show and provide your input by joining our private Facebook group, the Lions of Liberty Forum. All you got to do is type Lions of Liberty Forum into your little search bar on Facebook and come on in and join the fun. It's a private group, so you will need to get approval to join. But all uh, I'm going to do there is just make sure you're a human and not a spam bot and, you know, make sure you seem like you're probably someone that's you know supposed to be there. But that's a very cursory check. So come on, join the fun. And you, It's you, you, great. It was easy. It was easy. <laughs> <laughs> Ditto. Uh, okay, so getting into the mind world, two things. The first, really, I mean, literally moments after Gary Johnson said this wonderful thing about pay-as-you-go healthcare and revolutionize the system and making it more affordable for everybody, they go, literally, they, they go to Bill Weld. Uh, well, you know, what do you think, Bill? And he's like, well, you know, uh, pay go that's too far for me. Too far for you. Too far. He, he's like, he's he like, outwardly contradicted Gary in the he, interview. He literally, I mean, it's like he said, he said something else. It was, just, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to quote it because it was completely irrelevant, but just basically saying right there, nah, nah, I don't, I don't like what he's saying. I don't, I don't agree in any way. So just yeah, open, too far an for open me. defiance of Gary Johnson. It's not the first time, man. It just, oh, it, man. he pisses me off so badly. It's like, you can't you phrase it differently? Maybe just, you know, just be like, yeah, you know, that would, it would really help to reduce healthcare cost by one-fifth I mean, or, or, by, or by two one-fifth. Isn't the purpose of the vice president to back up and support the ticket and, and the and the main candidate? It, it seems like Weld is is getting in there and, and like, correcting Gary in certain places. I mean, it's just, it's weird. It's weird. It's just weird and awful. And again, it, it, it reinforces the concept that Bill Weld does not want to be vice president. He wants to be president. And if Mitt Romney had his way... He would be president. Did Mitt Romney say that? Mitt Romney came out endorsing Bill Weld, but not <laughs> Gary Johnson. He literally said, I wish Bill Weld was leading the libertarian ticket. Oh, my God. Yeah, of course he would. <laughs> Tells you everything you need to know about Bill Weld and Mitt Romney, doesn't Exactly. It? And as we've said in our previous episode, Bill Weld's statements do reflect on Gary Johnson. So I'm sure his red face went white when he heard that and then screwed Gary Johnson over threw him under the bus. So I'm sorry. That's a Johnson off. <laughs> All right, so that's one. The next one is, this is an older topic because Bill Weld has said it before, but we're going back to the terrorism task force that Bill Weld advocates, the thousand strong, specifically trained, quote-unquote, mafia-style task force force, to, to combat ISIS. Now, when Gary Johnson was questioned about terrorism and what to do during this Washington Post interview, this is, quote, what he said. Bill talked about establishing a task force, which I think is a really great idea. It's easy. It's easy. It'll be easy. So <laughs> he throws it over to Bill Weld and said he supports this thousand strong task force. Force, which Bill Weld then talked about how great it was and how I battled the coast. I know he doesn't talk like. And then Bill, he goes Bill into. Bill actually talked like this a little bit. But. I gotta go into, and then I, I, we're not gonna read the whole statement. But Bill goes into this whole thing about him and Rudy Giuliani prosecuted all these mafia families, and and he's like and talking about how one of them was a drug family. He's like, but these other family, we prosecuted them because they were they were smuggling guns. And all I'm thinking is. 
You realize that these mafias wouldn't exist if you legalized drugs and guns, you freaking statist hack? Yep, exactly. I can't exactly. stand Bill Weld. I'm over this guy. He's not. It's like every time he has a chance to, to throw somebody out there, too, that libertarians despise, like Rudy Giuliani. I know. Some kind of guy that we hate more than anybody else. He's like, well, we're buddy buddies. It's like Hillary Clinton and Rudy Giuliani. He loves to, like, name drop. It's <laughs> like, do you even know your target audience? But he does, because yep. his target audience is not libertarians. His target audience is... You know, well, you know what? I'm sure he wanted to run with Rudy Giuliani on a ticket of in, two in people Romney, with slight uh, speech impediments. In Mitt Romney's dream, <laughs> was, oh, man. I don't want to. I'm just going to leave that alone. I'm sorry if you have a speech impediment, but I'm about to say, but Rudy Giuliani, it's like you know, hi, I'm Rudy Giuliani, and I'm running for president, and I'm with him. Oh, fuck it's you, Bill Weld. Oh, right. Such a piece of shit. All right. So that's obviously, uh, if you didn't get the idea, a jaunts off. All right, so I think a clear pattern is being established, at least uh, in today's episode. Gary was doing pretty decent, and still we started bringing in the Bill Weld stuff. So in terms of libertarian judgment, which is what we are casting here, Gary by himself might not be that bad if it was just the Gary, maybe the Gary Sharp campaign. But this is not the Gary Sharp campaign or the Gary anybody but Bill Weld campaign. It is the Gary Weld campaign. And what is the final tally when you add in the Weldian offs? Well, it is five ons to four offs. All right, so it's still coming out ahead, even He's with old Billy. Ahead. Now, that flips on the head last week's tally, which is four ons, five offs. So he is wow. officially a dead even. He is He's officially as mediocre as possible. As mediocre as 10 and 10. 50, ten offs, ten offs. Mediocre Gary. All right. Well, maybe uh, you know if if they're listening today together in in the freezer, Gary and, and Governor Weld can maybe reflect on some of these things. And you know the thing is, at the end of the day, this is something we do for our audience. It's something we do because we like to analyze these statements, and it's more to sort of talk about the ideas of liberty for us. Uh, these guys aren't out trying to talk to libertarians. I'm not even saying they should. They're running a general election, but you know if you're representing the Libertarian Party and you have that L next to your name, someone's got to keep you in line. Someone's got to at least try to point out when you say stuff that's just out outright absurd. So that's what we're here to do. Bingo, baby. All right. And uh, we're going to keep doing this, what, every two weeks? Maybe three weeks? We're not going to – we don't want to sign a contract on this one, but we're going to do it semi-regularly, at least once or, once or twice a month. You'll get a, another episode of Gary Johnson's Liberty Hood, Mr. Johnson's Liberty Hood. Don't want to forget that, Mr. Mr. Johnson's Liberty Hood. So, guys, thank you for being our neighbors. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day today. And remember, we're all friends here. <laughs> we sure are. And uh, also remember that this show comes out many times a week. It comes out three times a week right now. Today is Monday, and on Wednesday, I've got another great guest. You've heard her on this program before. She was on a, a recent roundtable of ours discussing the Libertarian presidential candidates. But she's coming back for the official Mark Claire interview treatment. She is Miss Ovens O'Brien, so be sure to check that out on Wednesday. And, of course, on Friday, you got another episode of John Odermatt's weekly look at the broken criminal justice system with Felony Friday. Just so much delicious Liberty content here at Lions of Liberty. Until next time, folks. Live long! Hello! It was easy. 